Hey friends, it's Mark James and today is Wednesday, the 15th of September. Holy cow, the 15th of September. I've got loads of notes again and uh, here we are recording. Let me just lock the uh, lock the iPhone so that everything doesn't mess up. Right, there we go. Good. So what have you been up to? Let's get uh, Let's get through it. Weight update and goals. Okay, so last week I weighed 21 stone 6 or 7, you might remember. I got down to 20 stone 10. <laughs> I did that in two and a bit days. But then we had a really bad weekend and I went back up to 21 stone 6. And as it stands, I'm 21 stone 1. So weight loss for the first week is five pounds. And I have to say, aside from those two days, I haven't really tried that hard. But those two days really did help because for all I put a bit of weight back on again, I did feel my suit and everything fitting better. So it really knocks your bloating down. That no food day, your bloating just bails off. It's really good. <laughs> so there was that. That was... Um, that was day one. Well, that was the that's the weight update anyway for this week. I've just got weighed this morning at 21 stone one. So we're aiming for mid-20s next for next Wednesday. That's the goal. As far as other goals go, um, I have achieved some stuff on the on the show front, but I'll come back to that when we get there. How did the week go? Well, Wednesday night I gigged at Hafani Moor, which is uh, in North Wales. Well, West West North Wales-ish. It's two and a half hours from where I live. A lot of goodbyes that day. Two of the team were leaving, Josh and Megan, who I've only met this year, but they're a nice couple and they're going off to work in Dubai instead. And so that was sad to say goodbye to them because um, I've seen them four or five times this year at gigs and I got on with Josh really, really well and Megan too. And so that's, you know, it's a shame you meet nice people and they're really good at the job and then they go off to work somewhere else. And then a girl who I've known since she's worked for the company, Leah, she's leaving and going back to her hometown and managing a Starbucks and she's left Haven. And that made me sad as well because I've probably known her for maybe seven years, seven seasons, and we've always got on really well. So that's another just great team members that... It's funny, you know, when you, when you do this job... For all I tour around every day and I do different gigs, like last night I was in Scotland and tonight I'm back up in Scotland. Uh, well, actually, I'm on the border tonight, but last night I was absolutely in Scotland. But for all you driving to different places every single night, you um, you sort of, you know who's going to be there. You know who the manager is. You know who's on the team. You've got friends that you've met multiple seasons and you look forward to seeing and they look forward to seeing you. And it makes the job very pleasant and it makes it very easy because you know who's going to be there. So even though the venue is changing every day and there are epic drives and stuff, you know that when you arrive at the venue, you're going to be in the company of friends and people who you like and you're going to have a fairly easy time of it. And so that is a shame when people leave. Um, but never mind. So I got home from that gig Wednesday night and the bedroom light was on. Now, in our bedroom, there's a multitude of lights. There are five lights in the ceiling. They never get turned on. Never, ever. Then there are three lamps and all three of those lamps are controlled by the uh, voice controlled home system, which I'm sitting near. I don't want to say a name, but, you know, it's um, that. So they're all controlled by that. And then I've also wired Sarah's mirror up. So I've added her mirror now looks like a mirrored, uh, uh, 
lit up mirror, you know, like in a dressing room, it's a circular mirror with a frame around it. And the frame has a slight uh, incline that's like, it's like a tilted, like a, like a bowl that almost turns the mirror into an almost bowl around the outside. It's got like a tilted frame. And so I attached all these mirrored lights to that. And they're like a cold white. You know, you get cool white and you get warm white. This is a cool white. And so it means it's quite good for doing your makeup. So I attached those all around Sarah's mirror and they turn on in the morning with a switch. Sarah uses those with a switch so she doesn't have to speak in the morning or risk further waking me up. So, um, which she very rarely does. I usually wake up in my own head at about 10 to 8 as I hear her finishing off. But it's never because of noise she's making. Although I have to say to my darling wife when you hear this, I do feel like you put some of your makeup things down rather loud. <laughs> <laughs> on the table. If you could just allow the edges of your fingers to contact the de desk first and then more gently squeeze out your makeup brush onto the table rather than, you know, dropping it from a height. That would, wouldn't, I wouldn't complain about that. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's a personal message to Sarah that I keep meaning to say to her. Can you just put your makeup down a little bit quieter in the morning? Because the last five minutes when I'm asleep, that's all I can hear. But maybe it's a good thing. Anyway, I'm not having to go. She's a lovely woman. She just, she knows I've been stressed this week, which I'll come back to. And I just opened up my MacBook and inside, because she knew I would open my MacBook, was a lovely note saying that I'm a great husband and a great dad and that they both love me. And uh, she knows what I've got on my mind and I'm going to be great and um, that she's there for me, which is very sweet. She's a lovely woman. Anyway, I praised my wife enough last week. So I'll just leave it to say that she is a legend. She's smashing her weight goals, absolutely, and is being absolutely terrific. So anyway, um, I get home, and the reason I tell you there's multiple lights is that from outside of the room, I can tell which lamps are on. Because if it's very bright, I know all three are on. And if it's bright from the right-hand side, I know hers is on. And if it's bright from the left-hand side, I know that the desk lamp is on. So you can tell as you pull onto the drive and look up at the bedroom window, which one of the bedroom lights is on. And I could tell from outside that the desk one was on because there's also a lamp on the desk. There's three lamps all together. Um, and that is the lamp that we usually leave on when we... Um, when, when we... Um, um, when we bang. <laughs> yeah, that's the sex light. Sarah gets annoyed with me when I say things are sex things. She used to have this these pajamas and I'd go, they're the sex pajamas. And she'd go, they're not fucking sex pajamas. They're just pajamas. And I'm like, they're sex pajamas. It does a red in, but it makes us both laugh. Anyway, so that's the light that we tend to have on. Because you don't want the light on right next to the bed, do you? Shining in your eyes and, you know, illuminating every bead of sweat on your forehead. You don't want the light right next to where your head's going to be. So you want a bit of backlight. You want the light down in the corner, a little, you know, just a bit of something on. I do like, I do prefer the lights on if we're, if we're asking that question. You know, some people, do you want lights on or off? I want them on, ideally. I like to be able to see a little bit, you know, that I find that helps. It probably doesn't help Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> but it helps me because she's very attractive and I'm not. But anyway, so I, I find that a little bit of light helps, you know, just to see what's going on. Anyway, so the point is that I get home and I look up at the window and I know that the sex light is on. <laughs> Roxanne, you don't have to put on the red light. It's not a sex light. It's just a lamp. But 
um, I think, does this mean that I am about to, I mean, it's already been my birthday. Does this mean I'm about to get lucky? Because Sarah had already texted me an hour earlier, just what time are you getting home? And I told her and I thought, Phew, this means it's on. But I'm going to be honest and tell you, I was absolutely knackered, dog tired, dead. I was dropping off on the way home like dangerous, you know. I pulled over, got out of the car for a minute, gave myself a little shake, jumped up and down and got back in the car and had the window open and got a coffee and stuff because I was thinking, I, I recognise the signs now, the slightest bit of tiredness. I know that you slip into a point where you think you're okay, but the first thing that goes out the window when you're tired is your decision-making ability. And so you become unable to tell yourself how dangerous what you're doing is and recognise how tired you actually are. So before you get to that point, you need to be serious with yourself and stop and say, I'm about to be too tired to realise how tired I am. So you stop then early, you grab a drink, you jump up and down, you get your window open and you plough on. And that usually gives you another good, you know, bit of time and you're fine. So I'd done that, but I'd made it home and I knew as I was on the last couple of streets before home, I'm just going to sip my coffee. I knew I was tired, but I get on the drive, I see the light on, I think, hello, hello sailor, it's your lucky day. So I get in the house and I think, right, I'll just get in the shower. I'll bring myself back to life. I'll spritz a bit of aftershave on. I'll go upstairs and I will do my very best. <laughs> and I do all of this and I get upstairs and Sarah is in her thickest woolly pyjamas, asleep, her mouth open, catching flies and completely starfished across our entire bed. <laughs> And I realised there had never been any intention for it to be my lucky day. She'd gone upstairs to do a bit of reading on the bed and had fallen asleep whilst doing that. So there was no romantic intent at all. She'd just accidentally fallen asleep with the light on. So, you know, just be aware of just be aware that maybe you need a cluster of signs before you really make any decisions. So I walked in, I saw this sight and I laughed out loud um, like a giggle, and then I got in bed, and I swear I was asleep before my head had even really touched the pillow, because I know it was my intention to lie down and then use my phone to turn the lamp off through the app, the Alexa app, um, but I fell asleep before I got the chance to do that, because when I woke up for the toilet at like 6am, the lamp was still on, so that was that. What a night that turned out to be. <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, I'd fasted and I was very happy. Then day two, I fasted again and that was very difficult. Uh, and then I did a gig at Greenacres Haven, which is again in Mid Wales, and that was very quiet. But I loved it because I like that quiet crowd and the opportunity to kind of really talk to the audience and really sort of listen to what they say and to have some banter with them, which happened again last night. And then I decided that I wanted to be more proactive in the weight loss because not eating is of course the best thing that you can do for cutting calories. You know, I recommend you see a doctor before you take on any of my crazy weight loss plans that clearly only work for about a week and then don't work anymore. But you want to do something that feels active as well. And I was, I walked, I did two days of walking, which was very hard. I did two, three and a half hour walks, but um, straight back at it was tough. 
but you want to do something else proactive. So I went to Holland and Barrett, which is a health food shop, and I bought some apple cider vinegar. Now, you'll remember last year I bought some apple cider vinegar gummies if you've been following this for a long time. But I decided to try the apple cider vinegar uh, dissolvable tablets, which are like, um, what's it called? You know, um, you know, they're Barocca. They make, you know, you want a good day, Barocca. That. They're like that, but they're apple cider vinegar. And they're very good for digestion and calorie cutting and all that sort of stuff. So I got some of them. And I got some um, hydration tablets. ORS hydration tablets. These things are full of electrolytes. And you put them in your water at home, which, as you know, I now filter. You put them in your filtered water at home. And they add electrolytes into your drink and they hydrate you three times more than drinking ordinary water. So presumably, if you struggle to drink two litres of water a day, which is what you're apparently supposed to do, seems mental, doesn't it? That's a lot. That is a lot. If you struggle to do that, you could drink a litre of water and you could put one of these in and you'd be as hydrated as you would be drinking a couple of litres of water, I assume. So there was that. Um, Day three of being healthy, I decided I needed to eat and I had five duck eggs in the uh, glove box of the car because I'd been doing the silk to egg trick the night before and had to buy a new box. But now I had a few days off. So I boiled all five of those duck eggs. First time I've ever boiled an egg, which at 36 years old is a hell of a statement. But I realized I'd never boiled an egg before. So I looked it up online how to do it. By the way, I understand that coffee's now gone a little bit too cold and I don't like the taste anymore. So I'm going to switch to the Coca-Cola, well, Pepsi Max that I prepared earlier. Ah, that's better. So uh, I realized I never boiled an egg before. So I looked it up and it said that you had to get your water, put your eggs into cold water. Actually, it said pour cold water over your eggs. I don't know what difference that makes, whether you add the egg to cold water or you add cold water to the egg. But either way, that's what it said. Um, so I did that and then it said bring the pan to a rolling boil now I didn't know what a rolling boil was and I do now it's when the bubbles are coming up off the bottom and they are touching the pan and it seems like that little bit of foam on the water smoke on the water isn't it anyway it seems like that foam on the water (laughs) um it seems like that's rolling that's a rolling boil you boil your egg for six minutes and then you transfer them into an ice bath so i did all of that i got another bowl out and i put water in it and i put ice in it and everything an ice bath and to be fair the eggs were very good they were boiled but the insides were still soft and gooey And I really liked them. And I had those with some avocado on toast. So it was a proper healthy meal. I wasn't messing about. It was pretty decent. I actually posted that on Instagram. And Stephen Blair, long-time listener, uh, many times writer, uh, wrote in. (laughs) It sounds like a radio host. When I say wrote in, what I mean is, my pal sent me a message on Instagram. I did that voice because he's Scottish. Scottish. Uh, He told me that he gets an ice bath. A few times a week, five times a week, he said, a proper cold bath with ice in it. And he's looking at getting a new bath fitted that specifically does ultra cold ice baths because he has all sorts of aches and pains and muscle uh, complaints and whatnot. And he said that they were, you know, causing him real trouble. And now that he gets ice baths, they don't and they've changed his life. And I just thought that's incredible. 
So Stephen Blair and my eggs both got dipped in ice on the same day. <laughs> so there's that. Anyway, so we had the electrician round to sort out the old problem with the hot tub. Remember, um, we're getting this hot tub fitted that Sarah bought for my birthday. The electrician tells me that he's finally going to come round and... Um, have a look at it and he has a look and the first thing he says now i don't know anything about electrics but the first thing he tells me is that i can't run a, a cable from any of the plugs in the kitchen because they're already maxed out on the circuits when he checked them and because of where i want the plug to be outside in the garden he's going to have to run a new cable and start a brand new circuit from the box from the control unit box thing um straight out of the wall and around the entire house and because it's outside it needs to be armored cable and he'll do all of that and he'll put it in the garden and that'll be the job done and i went right great when can you do that can you start today and he went oh no i can't start today it'll be another week so i'm fuming it's ridiculous even more time we already waited two bloody weeks for him to come round and he said i'll send you the quote anyway anyway by text so he texts me the quote it's bloody 500 quid five hundred pounds i said i'm not having this so i told him don't bother i got i rang another mate who knows a lot of tradespeople. i said do you know a friendly electrician that can help me out and he said yes so he sent another fellow around he had a look at the job i'm waiting for his quote you'll have to wait until next week to find out what it was i suppose because he hasn't told me yet but when he was around the house i explained to him what had happened already i told him that i already now understood what the job needed to be because it already had another electrician round he agreed and i said to him look the other guy quoted me over 400 quid <laughs> it was 500 but you know how it works so the other guy quoted me over 400 quid it was beyond our wildest dreams that we would ever pay that it's just not going to happen but let me just say when you go and sort the quote out, I'm looking for the best quote I can get as quick as possible. And also, we are absolutely interested in a little cash in hand. If you want to tell people about it, you can tell people about it. But I don't need a receipt, is all I'm saying. So I gave him the wink and the nod, and he gave me a wink and a nod back. And hopefully, he's going to give me a good price and we'll get this bloody job done because i'm keen i mean i'd love to have come home the last few nights and got in the hot tub but never mind so that was a bit of arsing about but i think it's going to get sorted sorted soon saturday joshua and i went to bristol preston were playing away at bristol and on the drive joshua starts talking to me about graffiti because um there was some graffiti on a bus it said uh, on a bus on a um on a bridge above the motorway it said we are the pies now that's quite a famous bit of graffiti if you've ever driven on the m6 we are the pies it's been on there for years but he asked me about that and he said that's graffiti isn't it and i said yes and he went but street art is when people draw pictures and i said so that obviously sparked quite an interesting chat because he's nine years old but he's switched on this kid and i said to him well I suppose you have to decide for yourself what you think art is. And he said, well, graffiti is when people just write their names, but street art is when people draw pictures. And I said, well, so do you mean it has to be good? And he went, yeah, it has to look good. And I said, well, who are you to decide what's good and what isn't? That's the thing with art, isn't it? It's subjective. So you can't decide what's good because someone else might decide that what you don't think is good is not good. Uh, sorry is good and what you don't think is good is good and so you can't really do that with art and it's a bit too involved to tell him my opinion on this but my opinion essentially always comes back to and i think we've talked about this previously 
is that in order for something to be art, there has to be intention and there has to be decision making and there has to be um, enough skill and ability within the person making that art to um, be able to make informed decisions and to be able to have that decision making process. And the only people who can really do that are artists. And so as reductive as it might seem eventually, my opinion of it is that art is anything that is made by an artist. And I suppose there's a beauty in that statement, simplicity-wise, but it does belie a much greater, I think, truth in that you can make art only if you have decided that you are an artist and you know the rules and you're breaking them for the... for decisional reasons you're not breaking rules if you don't know the rules exist you're only breaking rules if you know you know do you know what i mean i can't i don't want to get into that more because i've talked about it in the past but ultimately i said to him i think art is made by artists and so if the person who writes we are the pies on the bridge thinks they're an artist then what they've made is art as long as there was decision making involved and some of that went over his head because he said to me what you've done there is take something very simple and make it very complicated <laughs> which is another great statement for your nine-year-old to make although this week we were driving along the road and there was a bus in front of us and on the back it said wide bus and joshua pointed and went what does that say and i went wide bus and he went wide bus <laughs> because him and sarah listen to duran duran so you may know wild boys wild boys da, 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 da. wild boys wild boys so he saw that sign and tricked me into reading it out and i go wide bus and he goes wide bus and it made us both really laugh that was on the school run so anyway we're on the way to bristol and as it turns out he couldn't have asked me that question on a, a point of that graffiti are out on a better day because bristol is almost the spiritual worldwide home of graffiti there's more street art and graffiti in bristol i think than any other place in the world because they encourage it in bristol it's very metropolitan and cool and banksy the world famous street artist is from bristol so i knew that we could see a banksy uh, while we were there if you look on my instagram you'll see a picture of joshua at a football match in the feed and if you flick a couple of pictures across, you'll see the Banksy that we saw. And the Banksy that we went to see is called Well Hung Lover. I couldn't find it straight away. I knew roughly where it was, but we parked the car and I'm thinking, where is this bit of artwork? And a guy starts walking towards me. He's wearing black jeans, which are oversized. He's wearing like a striped shirt. He's wearing... He's got an earring in, one of those ones. You know the one that stretches your ear with almost a hula hoop where you could put your finger cleanly through it? He's carrying a big, uh, like, portfolio file thing and a Starbucks coffee. And I'm thinking, if this guy doesn't know where that Banksy is, I'll eat my own fucking shoes. <laughs> because I've never seen anyone in my life who is more likely to know where a Banksy is than this guy. I said to him, excuse me, mate, we're not from round here, but I told my son I'd show him where the Banksy is. Do you know where it is? And he went, yeah, of course I do, mate. And he told me exactly where it was. So Joshua and I quickly walked to it because we were parked on double yellow lines. And um, we had a look. And this artwork, it's painted on the side of a building. And what it is, you can Google it. It's called Well Hung Lover by Banksy. Well Hung Lover. Um, but essentially, it's a wind. It's a painted. It's painted to look like a window on the side of a building, and the window is up. And inside of the window is a woman in her underwear, and 
hanging out of the window is, uh, or hanging off the ledge of the window is a naked man. And then standing next to the woman in the window is a man in a suit looking out onto the street. And the, the scene that you immediately understand to have existed is that the woman's having an affair. The husband's come home. The guy's dove out of the window and hung off the ledge. And the husband's looking for someone out in the street. And it's called Well Hung Lover. And Joshua said to me, what's the painting called? He said, I said, does it have a name? And I said, yes, it's by Banksy. It's called Well Hung Lover. And he went, oh, and I went, what? And he went, well, because the guy's hanging out of the window. So he's a hung lover. And I went, yes. And then I had a decision to make. And I thought, well, fuck it. So I told him, but it's also a pun. Because a well-hung lover means two things. I said that for all he's cheating on, you know, that he's that woman's bit on the side. But well-hung also means that you've got a massive willy. <laughs> and Joshua laughed like I've never heard him laugh before. Like really, really laughed. And um, I said, so it's a pun. That means that the guy hanging out the window might have a massive willy, but also that he's hung out of the window. So it's a pun because he loves puns. Uh, he comes up with puns. He probably comes up with about 20 puns a day himself. Um, but yeah, so that was um, that was a funny old a funny old scenario. Then we went to, and he wanted to see some more, some more Banksy's. So I said, well, when we get home, I've got a book full of Banksy artwork and I'll give it to you. So we did. We got home and I gave him two books, actually. I gave him a book of Banksy artworks and I gave him a book called Why Your Five-Year-Old Couldn't Have Done This. And it's a book about modern art and about how that phrase, if people look at modern art and they go, God, a kid could have made that. And this book is about why a kid couldn't have made that. And essentially the conclusion this book comes to, I suppose this informed some of my opinion, is that a kid couldn't have done that. Or even if they could have done it, they wouldn't have done it for the same reasons. And so it wouldn't be the same artwork without motivation behind it. So I recommend you check that book out. It's called uh, Why Your Five-Year-Old could not have done that. Yeah, that is what it's called. Why your five-year-old could not have done that. I'm in Joshua's room, obviously, so I was looking at it on the desk. Um, so that was a fun day. And um, that was the day that when I got weighed in the morning, I was down to the lowest weight of 20 stone 10, and I was quite happy. But then that night, the food started pretty badly. Um, I dodged a takeaway after getting home, but then I ate Sarah's Parmo, because Sarah had, we ordered uh, Parmo pizza and stuff the day before, and Sarah had a Parmo. I've told you about a Parmo before, of course. It's when you basically batch a chicken breast out to be like a pizza base, and then you breadcrumb it, and you uh, fry it, but with bechamel sauce and melted cheese and everything on. It basically turns a, it turns a chicken breast into a pizza base, almost, but breadcrumbed. Very, very delicious. If you want to Google it, just Google Parmo. Uh, they're from Hartlepool predominantly, so Google Hartlepool Parmo, P-A-R-M-O for Parmo. Um, so that's what it is, but they're delicious. And I, ha I didn't order a takeaway, but Sarah hadn't eaten that the night before and it was in the fridge. She'd had a bite, but then um, we got some sides and stuff and she ate those instead and didn't fancy it. So it just sat in the fridge, so I ate that instead and it was very, very delicious. And then it was Sunday morning. Now, Sunday mornings are the, the order breakfast in day, aren't they? So we ordered from Butties to Go again, which is the same place we've ordered from the last couple of weeks. Well, not last week because we were away, but the two weeks before that. Very good again. 
Very, very good box full of stuff, sausages, bacon, all that. Sarah put Joshua a vegetarian burger in and sliced it up for him so he had his vegetarian version of the meat. But he was still able to, of course, have eggs and, you know, beans and uh, hash browns and toast and all the other stuff that came in the breakfast box. It was very good. And then we decided after that to go bowling again. Remember we went bowling last week? Well, mm. Just a little bit more Pepsi. Is there anything better than Pepsi or Coke or whatever, but with ice in? You've got to have the ice, you know. It makes all the difference in the world. Changes the drink almost entirely. So, we, um, what's it called? We went bowling again. I booked it. Sunday morning, we go bowling. Actually, it was early afternoon. And then we went to see Shang-Chi, the new Marvel film. I've got a lot of opinions on that film. <laughs> <laughs> but the bowling was funny because we had the the lanes up. I got my bowling arm back in, by the way. I got my first 150 uh, point game. And now I couldn't even reach 50 and 60 last week, but I started getting it back together and I was bowling pretty well on Sunday. And I won all three games this time, or at least I was in the lead in the third one. We left before the end because we were going to miss the film, but we didn't mind that. Uh, Sarah will tell you, that I didn't win because I hit the um, I, <laughs> I hit the barrier a couple of times. And if you hit the barrier, it doesn't count, apparently. But, you know, the scores are the scores. I reckon it would be fair to say that I clearly won one game and that I drew another one. Or, you know, I mean, I'll say draw because it was a... For all I hit the barrier, I still won by more points, I think, than I would have needed. I don't know. Sarah will probably shout at me about this later. She's probably listening to this on the way to get Joshua from work and she's taking out her phone right now and writing me a text message to say you didn't bloody win, you lying shit. But I definitely won one. And then the third one I would have won. But I was bowling four and five strikes, you know, a game. My first ball in every game was a strike, I think. It was pretty good. I was feeling I was feeling good. Um, someone at the bowling alley had bare feet with flip-flops and I was thinking, that's a really strange thing to wear to come bowling. Because they don't give you the shoes anymore. But I don't know whether it's COVID or what. But at the minute, every time I've been bowling the last few weeks, they've not given you the shoes. This bowling alley didn't even have the shoes, let alone not give you them. Hollywood Bowl had them, but didn't give them to you. This place didn't even have them. I found that very strange. But a guy was bowling with flip-flops on and bare feet. I mean... You can't bowl in flip-flops. Jesus, he was a chav, to be fair. And chavs love flip-flops, don't they? They're like an open-toed flip-flop and socks. What the hell is that about? That's the stupidest, ugliest, most ridiculous trend I've ever seen. I mean, chav fashion is a league of its own anyway. But socks with flip-flops. Jesus Christ. Can someone explain this to me? Because I don't get it. <laughs> Anyway, Joshua was bowling okay, and he was being quite positive, although he did try the heaviest ball, and he did that cliche thing of when you swing back, he ended up throwing the ball behind him, and it rolled towards us rather than down the lane, and I told him to stop pissing about and get his own normal uh, lighter ball back. But we're sitting there while Sarah's bowling, and Joshua's next. We always bowl in the same order, me, then Sarah, then Joshua. And so he's um, he's sitting there with his ball on his lap, and he's just holding it. And I said, are you, are you caressing that ball? You're trying to get it to be nice to you. And he went, no. And I went, why don't you tell the ball that you love it? 
And he said, what? And I said, listen, maybe you're struggling because you need to just be nicer to your ball. I said, hold that ball up and tell it you love it. And he held the ball up and he looked at it for a second. He said, why do you hate me? <laughs> it really made me laugh. And then Sarah came back and said, what are you laughing at? And I told her as Joshua mournfully got up to bowl his ball and it bounced six times off the gutter and got a spare. I mean, honestly, that kid, he beat Sarah in one game and he hit the, he hit the gutter, I think, every single ball. But because we had the barriers up, because at Hollywood Bowl, at Hollywood Bowl, you can have the barriers come up for individual players and go down for other players and they jump up and down very quickly so you don't even notice whereas at this place because it's a bit more old school but it's very charming it's because it's a bit more old school and cheap as well god the drinks were cheap two pound 40 a pint or something it was for lager anyway they put the barriers up manually by hand so you can't have them go up and down during your game you've got to just have them up or down and so so as not to ruin joshua's experience we decided to have them up and uh yeah he did he scored very well quite a bit and then we went to see shang chi the new marvel film the legend of uh i might not be saying that right i'm sure that in the film he pronounces it shang ji shang ji uh but shang chi shang ji we went to see that legend of the ten rings i mean it was like the matrix I said it should have been called Matrix Ocarina of Time. It was like the Matrix, if the Matrix happened in the world from Zelda on Nintendo 64. Um, Neo goes to Hyrule. It was kind of, and it ripped off loads of other stuff for me. I mean, plenty of people were saying it was good. And what do I know about films aside from, you know, being a massive film fan and kind of watching 10 films a week since I was uh, about 12 years old. But... To me, it ripped off loads of other films, stuff from The Matrix. St I mean, quite a few bits from The Matrix felt very ripped off. But then even stuff from like Stranger Things. And to rip off something from Stranger Things is a bit of a miracle, considering Stranger Things is a pastiche of, you know, 12 or 13 other 80s films. But it did, it ripped off some of the monsters and stuff, seemed like that. Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe was in there. Just like loads and loads and loads that the influences were very clear. They were laid bare. There was no hiding of the influences. I thought that actually the lead uh, guy gave a very strong performance. And I thought that the beginning bit, I don't want to ruin any of the film for anyone that's going to see it. I thought that the beginning, I mean, part of it, Jesus, if you've seen the never ending story, Watch the never-ending story and then go and see this and see what happens towards the end. But um, there's a bit at the beginning, the very beginning, where there's like a fight scene on a bus, which I thought was very, very good. It was a bit Street Fighter, but um, it was very good. And I thought, well, if the rest of the film's as good as this, it's going to be great. And I was quite excited. And then something happened where the film jumped the shark a little bit. And I thought, oof, this has taken a bit of a turn. And then it never really came back. And it was just a bit, just a bit shit then. I didn't enjoy it very much. And then the last hour, I was quite bored. Joshua absolutely loved it. So, you know, a mission accomplished as far as having a great Sunday went. But Sarah wasn't thrilled and I wasn't thrilled. We both thought it was very average. But we saw it, nonetheless. Uh, then I had some wings and uh, another Parmo pizza because I'm a very naughty boy. And then I got asked to speak at a funeral. Um, 
my friend Tony, who died, as you know, Tony Jr. Uh, oh, fuck me. There's a fly in. There's a fly in before. And I locked it in Joshua's room and I opened the window while I was in there so I could see it fly out. And it did. And it looks, I know you can't say that it looks like the same fly, but to me, it looks like the same fly. Like it's gone out and down and come back in again. I hate flies so much. But anyway, I wrote a big thing about him on Facebook, which, you know, if you've been listening to this for a few weeks, you'll know about that because I talked about it then. But, um... I was talking to a mutual friend who was helping her organise the funeral and stuff. And I said, you know, apparently she was thrilled with what I wrote. The fly's in here again. Hold on. I'm shutting Joshua's bedroom door. And I'm opening the window. So the fly has no choice. Oh, it's gone straight out, you little dream. Come on. I opened the window and it went straight out. And now I've shut the bedroom door. So even if it does come back in the house, I won't know. But I hope it just fucks off to someone else's house. Anyway. So, apparently she was thrilled about my, um, you know, the thing that I wrote about him. Said she thought it was very sweet and, you know, unique perspective on him and all that sort of stuff. And then I got asked to speak at the funeral. So now I'm doing a eulogy on Friday at the funeral. So I've spoken to his wife on the phone and asked, you know, what the tone should be. And if she minds it being quite funny, because I'd like it to be quite funny and reflect who I thought he was and the relationship I had with him. And she said that would be brilliant. So... I've now got a couple of days to write a great speech about this friend of mine and I've got my Facebook status to kind of lean on a little bit but I'd like to write something fresh that because most people who will be there will have already read that so it'd be nice to you know come up with something else and when I finished writing that I did think oh there were more things I would have liked to have said or whatever so I'm going to you know it deserves proper time so I'm going to work on that over the next couple of days it's part of my plan um, and then hopefully do my my dear departed friends some justice on Friday and we'll see see how it goes. Um, now, then I add, what's it called? Another electrician round, my second electrician of the week. Oh God, this annoyed me. So we had to have an electrician come around and do a test on the house, you know, test all the electrics and all that sort of stuff. And he comes in and he said, um, he said, oh, you've got a lot of books here because our kitchen's full of books. If you've ever looked on my Instagram, you've probably seen. Oh, you've got a lot of books here. I said, oh, well, a lot of them are about magic and then a lot of these are like biographies and stuff. And then we've got a lot of cooking books. And he went, oh, the dark arts. And I said, oh, nothing like that. I'm a magician for a job. And he said, all oh, right. I, I saw a dynamo on telly once and he tells me about a dynamo story. He goes, anyway, I'll press on. And he starts to walk out the kitchen. Then he turns back like Columbo. <laughs> he goes... I saw David Blaine on TV once too, and you know what? And then I have two minutes talking about that. He goes, anyway, I'll press on. And then he goes out the kitchen again. He turns back straight away. When I was a kid, I remember seeing Paul Daniels on. I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, he must have done this ten times. He was in the house twenty minutes talking about magic before he even looked at um, the electrics. And then he says to me that he wants to be a comedy writer himself. I mean, I don't see that happen. He was one of the most dull people I've ever met, but you never know. So then we have that conversation as well. And it's just like he gets, he finally gets round to it. But then in order to check all of the plug sockets and stuff, he tells me he's going to have to switch the electrics on and off a few times at the main box. And he does. And he must have turned the electrics on and off at the box 20 times. 
And so, of course, that just bollocks everything up because you've got Alexa in every room of the house. You've got Sky, which is connected wirelessly to the upstairs box, the TV and stuff. Then I've got the studio outside, which is, you know, connected by via a wireless slash wired connection thing. That dongly gadget thing that I got to put wired internet outside uh, that goes through the power lines. So there's that. And then just everything, when it all finally comes back on, because it's been turned on and off that many times, everything's just bollocksed. So it all needed to be reset. The plug sockets, he hadn't plugged anything back in. The um, All of the Sky needed to be reset, the, the Sky TV thing. The um, router, the outside studio thing, everything. It was all knackered and it pissed me right off. I mean, severely annoyed I was. And so that was like another hour after he left, just fixing it all. And that was before the fact that he turned up two hours early while I was in my pyjamas in the middle of cleaning, which stressed me out majorly as well. So just an absolute, you know, nightmare of a situation. Um, anyway, the next day I had a virtual show, the first one in five months. I would love it if they came back, you know. I would love it if over Christmas virtual shows were like the big thing again. That would be amazing because I really enjoy doing them. They're a piece of piss. I like working from home with the studio setup and stuff and performing to the camera. It allows you some different opportunities to do very strong magic that you can't necessarily do in the real world. And But, you know, of course, there are things missing, aren't there, that you can do in the real world that you can't do virtually. But I think the, you know, once I've learned how to do it, I now enjoy doing it. So I'd love it if more came back. But I did one and it was for uh, a group of people who were in Australia. So it was 10 a.m. for us, but I think 9 p.m. for them. I think the difference is that they're 11 hours ahead, I think. So that was a lot of fun. And then Sarah and Joshua and I had fish and chips that night. We got fish and chips from the old uh, Chipperoo. And it was very delicious. Sarah loves fish and chips. I'm going to make an effort now to have fish and chips with the family at least once a week. Maybe not once a week, but, you know, a lot more often. Because Sarah really likes it. It's her favourite. Joshua likes it. It's quite good to get a big bag of chips and three fish and just bang it all out on the table and sit there and chat and eat your fish and chips together. So that would be a nice little thing once a week, as well as our delivered breakfast. And then, you know, cut down on the rest of the takeaways. Maybe one other takeaway uh, a week. Or maybe, I don't know. We need to be a lot healthier, though, and save money. So the takeaways will have to stop. But fish and chips is a nice little treat because I'll be honest, it's not my favourite. It's not my go-to, but they both love it so much. And I enjoy it too when we do have it. So there you go. Um, what else has happened this week? I'm looking at the I'm looking at the list. None of the rest of it really is all that interesting, I'll be honest. You know, the murder mystery show, the second electrician uh, playing Call of Duty... 7pm show I had the other night, very early, which was good. Last night I was on at 7 o'clock, which was a dream. So I got home at 11pm. Uh, I mean, that's remarkable, isn't it? Back at 11 from Scotland. Brilliant. Um, my friend Dave sent some jam, because I told him that the jam he gave us the other week was absolutely the best jam Sarah and I had ever eaten. We loved it. We were thrilled, enamoured by it. His wife, Becky, made it. It was incredible. So I told him how good it was. And he said, give me your address. And I did. And he sent us three more jars of jam. What an absolute legend. I've had some this morning with uh, peanut butter. I had a peanut butter and jam sandwich and it was lovely. So we love a bit of that. Um, 
Very, very good. Been feeling a bit fragile this week in some senses. I think because I've got a lot on. Because I've got a... I'm on the Isle of Wight this week. Uh, well, next week, Monday, Tuesday. I'm down in Weymouth for Curious Mysteries. And it's five hours away. So I'm going to have to leave the house at like 5am on Saturday. Uh, which is a bit of a pain. And then, you know, sorting out ferries and hotels. And just a very busy time. And knowing I've got this eulogy to write. And wanting to do a good job for everyone. And, you know, for my friend... It's just been very stressful. I've been feeling a bit fragile, which is why Sarah wrote me that note, which was very sweet and it cheered me right up. Um, the last thing I was going to tell you was that I've been working on this suitcase show, uh, the small bag show. And I have. I've got, I need to find a case to put it in, but I've worked out that I could do fire eating in the cup and ball, silk to egg, the jelly bean prediction, uh, balloon swallowing, multiple selection with the cards, billiard balls and Rubik's Cube have a really solid show and all of that would fit into a very small case. Aside from the jelly beans, but you know, if that small case that goes on a stool is in a slightly bigger bag that goes in the car and it's an easy carry, that I think would be a winner. So that's what I'm looking at at the minute. I'm looking at uh, a much smaller case show to uh, carry about. We'll see how that goes. But um, yeah, that's about the week. I wanted to try and get this podcast done in like 45 minutes. I feel like an hour is a bit too long and that I should really aim for 45 minutes. So that's what I'm going to do this week. I just realized I'm exactly at 45 minutes now. So um, I hope that you agree that 45 minutes is better. And I'm going to call it a day then. Last week, I recommended the Maisie Peters album. Dave said that he listened to it and he didn't love it. But then a couple of other people messaged me saying that they did listen to it and they did love it. So that's very good. Um, what else have I been listening to this week? I've been listening to the new John Mayer album a bit more. I can't work out if it's good and he's been serious or if some of it's silly and he's taking the piss. But it's called Sob Rock. And it does have some great songs on it. So maybe give that a try this week. John Mayer, Sob Rock. And uh, I will continue to work towards my goals. 21 stone one today. So my kind of goal is that on no week will I report the same or higher weight than the week before. So that will mean that I have to lose weight every single week in order to justify the podcast. So at the minute, 21 stone one. And I will push for, you know, low, low 20s, high 19s for next week, maybe. <laughs> anyway, I'm calling it before we get to 47 minutes. That is the pod. I'm just going to double check my notes, check there's nothing else that I wanted to tell you. Um, I'm just reading it now. No, wide boys, wide bus, wild boys two coffees oh i did have two coffees one morning god did i shit that day jesus i had to go in the um i had to go in the sainsbury's toilet on the way to the gig and i was in there for about 20 minutes because it's it wasn't all out it was uh anyway let's not finish on such a disgusting note <laughs> wild boys white bus have a great week friends go and listen to john mayer sob rock that is this week's hey friends see you later